Welcome into another special edition of New Track Record Podcast. Caleb Hatch with you. Joining us now on the guest line, 2019 Indianapolis 500 champion, the 2016 IndyCar Series champion. It is Simon Paginot, who's starting on the inside of row number eight, driver of the AutoNation Sirius XM Meyershank Racing Honda. Simon, first off, thanks for taking the time today. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. So, Simon, let's go back to qualifying. Uh, Honda, at least outside of Chip Ganassi Racing, struggled for speed. But do you feel like there's something different that you, you guys were able to discover yesterday in terms of, of the practice session and having speed for the race? Well, you know, obviously, um, a Honda car is on the pole position, so the engine's doing just fine. <laughs> it's, uh, it's our job to, uh, to be better um, on our side of things. So <clears throat> eventually, I think in the race package, we're, uh, we're in good shape. I felt really good in practice yesterday. I felt strong, felt like I could pass cars um, and uh, have, have uh, really a lot of confidence going into the race. So the harder it's going to be, the better, because we have a great chassis. Uh, and the handling is, is phenomenal on our car. Uh, so I look forward to it. You, you look at this year, and for your team, it's it's been a, a bit of a struggle to start the season, but having additional track time, getting settled in, do you feel more confident going into this race compared to other race weekends this season? Yeah, it's it's a great point you make. Um, you know, IndyCar is reducing uh, track time, practice. Um, you know, outside of race weekend I'm talking about, we, we don't have many days of practice. We only had three days of practice for the entire year to get ready. It's very little time. We do a lot of simulators, uh, simulator days, and it's not the same. It's just not the same. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, uh, you can't deny the fact that it's not a track day. So, you know, unfortunately, um, if you're not fully uh, ready to go um, in January, uh, you, you're going to struggle for a little bit. But um, overall, it's great to have more time on track for the team. Um, I feel like it's really helping our uh, chemistry as well, uh, which is always important in team sport. Simon, when you, you look at this team, you're in year two at Meyer Shank Racing. Obviously, they had the success with Elio winning his fourth Indianapolis 500 back in 2021. Once your Tins- uh, Pinsky teammate, now your teammate here at Meyer Shank. As far as the familiarity, working with uh, you know a driver you're quite familiar with, you've, you've been teammates with in the past, how much did that help in transitioning to this new team last year and then hopefully moving forward up the grid this year? I mean, it's huge for the team. Obviously, we have 500 Indy 500 win together. It's great for the partners. It's great because we, for the team as well because we know how this race uh, runs. We know how to win it. So it gives you a boost of confidence coming in here. Um, you know, we, we kind of have um, <clears throat> a good vision of how the car should handle and, and how to run the race. So that really helps the team grow and, and become the team they want to be in the future. It's a great relationship. I, I, I personally love working with Elio. He's always so upbeat. Um, you know, there's never a bad day with Elio around, which is, uh, which is you know, an incredible quality. A, a lot of people wonder, is the energy that he has, is it fake or, or is, this, is this really <laughs> Elio? Is he always just that energetic? That's Elio, man. It, it's, <laughs> that's how he is. I don't know what he takes in the morning, but I, I want to know. Um, it, it, you know, I've, I've been around him a lot. You know, I, I, he's also a great, great friend of mine, and uh, he's taught me to, you know, always reflect on the day, uh, but always look at the positive. And that's the way he is. It's just, you know, there can be bad days, but if you dig your hole, 
you you know, the deeper the hole, the harder it is to come out of it. So he just doesn't even dig the hole. He just he's always on top of it. Simon Pagano joining us. And the other thing, between you and Elio, who has the better hair? Well, I would say I do. <laughs> hair don't move, but mine do. Um, I, I have a little bit more style in my hair than he does, but. No, <laughs> that's a personal taste. <laughs> <laughs> you're an Indy 500 winner, and you're always going to be introduced that way. How much has that meant for you, for your career, just to have that added to, to the kind of your your title whenever you're introduced anywhere, and and to have that Indy 500 winners ring? I mean, it's everything. It, it's it, it was to me. It's the accomplishment of uh, all the hard work. Uh, all my dreams when I was a kid to be a race car driver. Um, it's great to be a race car driver, but it's better to be a successful one. Uh, so, you know, even for my kids, you know, later on, uh, when they realize um, a bit more what's going on around them, uh, they'll be able to say that uh, I won the fastest race on earth, you know. So it's very special to me. It's a, it's a pride. It's an honor to be a winner of this race. Um, obviously, it's something you always want to do again once you've done it once. And it gets even more uh, more of an obsession. But um, I'm very proud. I'm, I'm very proud of what I've done. Uh, I'm certainly not done with it at all. I, I just I'm very proud of what's been done. But I, I want to continue and do more. When you won that race in 2019, when was the moment when everything kind of set in for you after taking the checkered flag? Well, the, <clears throat> pouring the milk on my face for me was was the moment of realization. Um, you know, it's such a picture-perfect moment. Uh, you look at all the winners in the world of any races, and usually champagne or whatever on the podium ceremony. But in Indy, you don't celebrate second, third. You only celebrate the winner, and the winner gets to drink milk. Um, it's just a very special tradition. Uh, so when that happened to me, it was, it was a, a silky smooth moment that I really enjoyed. You've charged through the field multiple times here in the last couple of years, finishing in third with your, your previous team, Team Penske, in 2021. Moved up eight spots last year to finish in the top 10 uh, with Meyer Shank in your first year there. As a driver, obviously you have to be patient. It's a long race. It's 500 miles. But when you don't qualify as well, and you've had to move up through the field, and you've done that several times, what's the key to, to being able to do that on race day? Well, you know, people talk about patience, and I would agree, but it's to a certain degree, you have to, you know, when you start in the back, you don't have time to waste. You just got to go forward, uh, seize any opportunity you can seize. You got to pounce like a lion. You know, there's no question. You, you start that race, there's a race start. At that start, you can't take it easy. You're going to have to pass some cars and so on and so forth because, you know, all these cars are really fast. And if you just wait and settle and then just wait for the race to unfold, you're just going to be in 20th position when it comes lap 120. And the race is done at that point. By, by lap 120, I need to be in top 10. By lap 150, I need to be in top 3. And by like 170, I need to be in second place to have a chance to win the race. So that's how I look at it. With the addition of the aero screen back in 2020, has it made this race tougher from a driver's standpoint as far as heat in the cockpit, tougher to pass? What has been the biggest change you've noticed with the addition of the aero screen now a couple years in? Well, I've got to tell you, um, you hate it or you love it, the biggest thing is safety, right? I mean, we, the drivers, I feel a lot safer because, you know, 
the flying debris is what's dangerous uh, to and fatal to a driver these days in an open-wheel car. So when uh, something's flying at 240 miles an hour, you can't see, you can't react. There's, there's no superhuman people out there that can avoid a flying object at this speed. So the um, introduction of the aeroscreen helped prevent a fatal injury of that kind. Um, and for me, it's, you know, I welcome that. It's just, you know, it's just sad to, you know, have a fatal injury uh, like that and, and, and not be able to, um, you know, be around. So um, I just enjoy very much the safety aspect of it. I don't like what it's done to the handling of the car, but that's another problem. <laughs> um, but uh, it's certainly a huge uh, advancement in safety for, for racing in general. Yeah, you, you mentioned the handling aspect. It's kind of changed driving styles for, for some drivers. It's been a bit of a, an adjustment, and I think you spoke on that in the past, just how the car handles differently. Uh, was there a point where you felt like you, you'd finally made that transition and finally gotten a good handle on, on how the car works now, especially uh, on road courses where you're moving around a lot, you know, with right and left-hand turns, uh, but also even on ovals as far as that handling differently? You know, for me personally, the biggest trouble is on road course and street course with that, uh, that aero screen because it's added so much weight higher up in the air that, uh, you know, it doesn't behave like, uh, like uh, an open wheel car used to behave. It's not as nimble. It's a lot heavier up top. So, uh, you know, a little bit like an SUV on the road versus a sports car, right? That gives people an idea of what I'm talking about. And uh, it's not as nimble as it used to be, so it's, it's certainly a big adjustment. But on, on oval, it's not been the same because the, the movement of the car is a lot more steady and, and, and continuous through the corner. Um, but, yeah, we, as a driver, we have to adapt, no question. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I've adapted, uh, breakthrough, I wouldn't say so, but I've adapted, <laughs> uh, and, and it's going pretty well. Always the question going into any 500 every year for, for I think, fans is – Quite simply, you know, will it be easier to pass? And with the aero screen, it's made it tougher on ovals. Do you think this year, though, teams have a better handle on it, or is it just going to be heavily dependent upon conditions like it is most years? You know, um, it's Indianapolis. It's never easy. <laughs> That's a word that I would never use around the speedway. First of all, it's a place you got to respect very much because of the speed. But IndyCar is giving us a lot more. Uh, uh, components, a lot of parts to add aerodynamics to the car. So the cars in traffic behave better. It's a little easier to follow closer. <clears throat> but, um, you know, it's still difficult to pass, and that's, that's just the way it is. The first and second place will pass each other every lap, which is going to be very exciting for the fans. People in the back of the pack uh, struggle a bit more because the car ahead of you is drafting and is going as fast as you uh, on the straightaway when you're behind it. So it's always going to be difficult to pass back there in the pack. However, I found that IndyCar is giving us the tools to um, make differences between the cars and create better racing. So it should, it should be better no matter what the conditions are. What's on your checklist to get done during carb day practice? Um, we basically want to check that the downforce level that we are going to choose for the start of the race is the right one. And when I say that, it's to understand it, um, downforce is what gives you grip, but more downforce is slower on the straightaway. So it's always 
you and your engineer to decide what's the best combination or the right recipe for a good race. And it depends on the conditions. So if it's hot, you lose downforce. If it's cold, the density gets higher, you gain downforce. Um, and you can adjust what you have on the race car depending on that. So we have to calculate and be sure that the weather forecast is the right one for us. Um, and we have to be looking at that. So on carp day, I'm going to be trying different steps of aerodynamics and downforce level and decide which one do I need, which le- what level of downforce I need for the race. That's, that's my last uh, items I need to check. Obviously, you've had a lot of success in IndyCar, winning a, a series title, winning the Indianapolis 500. You've been able to do the 24 hours of Le Mans a handful of times uh, back in your native France. What else is on your racing bucket list? Well, I'm actually going back to Le Mans in two weeks here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm racing in Le Mans for a, a team called Cool Racing, um, and I'll be there for the first time uh, in about 10 years, uh, and it's the 100th anniversary so of the race. So I'm, I'm really excited to be there, uh, go back to my home, my home country to, to race in a long time, so that's really cool. So winning that race is on my bucket list for sure uh, at some point in my career. That's something that... You know, I want to, I want to, I want to accomplish a finish second there. So, you know, it's kind of a uh, unchecked item. I need to uh, finish off. Um, and then, you know, there's there's a lot of other things I love. Um, you know, I want to, I want to try to um, to uh, to race rally racing back in Europe at some point. And uh, why not racing Pikes Peak again, like I did with Honda back in 2013. Um, racing in general to me is just, you know, whether it's on the track, whether it's on the Close road, it's, it's just the driving side of thing of a car. It's, it's so much fun. Simon Pagano, he'll be in this year's Indianapolis 500, going for his second win in the race. Joining us, Simon, thanks so much for the time this morning. Thanks for having me, Caleb. Thanks again to Simon Pagano for joining us on this special edition. Again, look for more special episodes each and every day this week leading up to the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. If you'd like more New Track Record podcasts, you can find us online at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for the email list so you never miss an episode or any special announcements we make. It is free to sign up for. You can also check out the store. We have stickers for sale. We have t-shirts for sale. You can find us on social media. Just search for IndyCar Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, search for New Track Record. You can email us, NewTrackRecordPodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support us, you can support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash NewTrackRecord. Thanks to Xavier, Rob Stitch, and others for their generosity. Again, starts at just $1 a month to be a supporter. So that's how you can do that on there. And as always, listen in for free. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Overcast, CastBox, Player FM, what have you on your favorite podcasting platform. That wraps up another special edition of New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.